tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories because happiness is just around the corner. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hear what I say now. We'll be there for you to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, <laughs> I got something to tell you. I got news for you. <laughs> I was not expecting this. <laughs> I'm going to put some wheels in motion. Cause get ready, because we're coming through. <laughs> we like to party. We like, we like to party. Oh, God. So, the listeners who have just heard the replacement theme song at the beginning of this episode should have at least some hint about the fucking craziness that is going to come in this episode. Because, oh my gosh, uh, this one's going to be wild. This one and the next one are going to be wild. Because uh, we decided that after, let's be honest, the last episode where we did our Arnieverse installment, part three, it was a great episode, but mm. it was a bit of a struggle. <laughs> yes. It, I think we got there in the end. I'm really happy with where we ended up with, you know, fucking True Lies and Kindergarten Cop versus the Penguin from Batman Returns. <laughs> like, that should have just been the idea from the beginning. Um, but it was a struggle getting there. And we wanted to do what hopefully was going to be like a fun, kind of easy episode next. We had some ideas on the schedule. But one of the things that we kept procrastinating on, just like we procrastinated with Arniverse, is getting back to doing more improvs that are kind of just off the cuff or out of nowhere. Um, We had this super fun, I think, episode not that long ago where I think of it as the mousetrap episode, but really it was a listener choice where you guys – you gave us some comments on Facebook and on Instagram. You sent us some notes and said, you know, and gave us ideas on what we should do an improv story about. I said, hey, we just want ideas. We want themes. We want cliches. And we got some pretty ridiculous ones. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we put them together in a randomizer in like eight different categories and did this crazy improv uh, where we did a movie adaptation of Mousetrap, the board game, as an animated horror story. <laughs> oh, co- comic book adaptation. Ah, there you go. There you that, go. That's comic- right. It was, I, I just realized, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, that one was a comic book. <laughs> That's right. It was a comic book, right? It was, and, and yep. it wasn't animation. It was, but it was anthropomorphic characters. We had to, yes. you know, anthropomorphize mice. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it was just so ridiculous. It wasn't that we went into the episode thinking, okay, we have a topic like True Lies or Friday the Thirteenth or whatever, and we're going to adapt this and improv some crazy movie or comic or you know game spinoff. It was just, hey, give us a bunch of random stuff. We'll put it together and we'll put our improv skills to the test to see what we can come up with completely on the fly and put a story together. And it turned out great. I think I am super fucking proud oh. of that episode. I love that episode. Like I've, I've gone back and listened to it a couple of times. Like it's just, it, it's so fucking wacky. I have a blast with it every time. Hell yeah. And the listeners might not know, 
I think we mentioned it in one of the episodes after that, but it was our first two-parter because we had to record it in two different sessions. We, we didn't yeah. intend for it to be a two-parter. It was just long as hell. Um, and yep. the final episode was really long, but us recording it was even longer. It was wild, and it took a really long time. Uh, but then we stitched it together, and we put it out. And the only other two-parter that we've kind of done was the Alien Predator Bible, where we did a Super Gushers episode of all of our personal reviews and opinions of the Alien Predator franchise movies. And then we followed that up with our improv take on where we would go with that franchise together to do something right. actually good with AVP. <laughs> <laughs> if given the keys to the kingdom, how would we do it? <laughs> yes. And that was so much fun that ever since then, you know, we've kind of been toying with the idea of let's just do some more random improvs, maybe not randomized pieces like we did with the Mouse Trap episode, uh, which is called Whose Improv Is It Anyway, if you want to find mm. it in the back catalog, but like not be necessarily beholden to having to come up with a new story based on a movie franchise or a, a a video game or hell like a toy line or a comic book or something, but just a sort of general random idea that is ridiculous. And then just see where it goes. And, and uh, you, I don't know where this came from. You'll have to tell the story because <laughs> <laughs> one day you were just like, I don't know, like the Venga bus. And it was like, <laughs> what, what the fuck? So, okay, so this this does take a little explanation. Um, I frequently play a video game with my friend Danielle. We play a game called Seven Days to Die, where we're basically killing zombies and building shelters and trying to, like, survive the apocalypse. So while playing this game, you know, we're often off doing our own little thing, our own little missions, and just kind of talking on Discord. And um, I may have been under the influence a bit. <laughs> Um, at the time, but I, I realized uh, that I tend to have a very broken jukebox running through my head at all times, where just fragments of 90 songs and 2000 songs will just pop up, you know, mm -hmm. and one of those happened to be the Vanga bus at one point. <laughs> and in my state of mind, for whatever reason, I thought the lyrics <laughs> were the Vanga bus is coming and everybody's running, not jumping. I thought that said running. So I was misremembering it. And then it got me on this kick going, why was everybody running? Like, were they running to the bus? Were they running away from the bus? I was like, was the Vanga bus trying to kill them? And I went on this like long tirade about, okay, so imagine, imagine a horror movie and you know how they like to slow down popular songs and like try to make them all spooky. I was like, imagine the Venga bus theme music, just like and people looking around all scared, like, Oh God, it's coming. Run. <laughs> so we laughed about that for like a good 15 minutes straight. And then I kept thinking about it and I was like, how ridiculous would it be to have a horror movie where a slowed down version of the Vanga bus is like the theme song. <laughs> and I kept playing with it until finally I sent you that text like, dude, we need to do an improv about the Vanga bus of horror. So, 
so ridiculous. <laughs> I, I know. And, and we're on different like sleep schedules because you tend to work <laughs> overnights and I work in the day. So a lot of times when we're chatting, like you're at work and I'm in bed half asleep. You texted me something about the Vanga bus of death and I'm like half asleep and I like bolted up in bed and just cackling by myself <laughs> in my bedroom. <laughs> Thank God my wife was also working a night shift at the time. <laughs> It's so stupid. <laughs> that's that's exactly why we knew oh. we had we instantly knew we had to do an episode about it because it's so fucking stupid. That, it really is. How do you how do you not want to explore Ooh. that? At least I know I did. So yeah. Oh, it was like okay, yeah. we got to get to got to get to this eventually. We got to put this on the schedule. Figure out mm-hmm. some way to make it make sense. And you know we kept kind of putting it off. Like we'll do what we were referring to as the improv challenge. We did the improv challenge before with the listener choice. And then we're like, okay, let's do another one of those. So next time we do an improv challenge, you know, we'll do something just fucking stupid, like the Vanga bus of death. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and after we, we were kind of struggling with the Arnieverse idea last episode, it was like, okay, now is the time let's do the improv challenge. Why we thought this would be a fun break that would be easy, I have no idea. Because <laughs> now that we're here and we're recording and I'm sweating thinking about coming up with a story based on a late 90s party jam. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Man. And, um, I'm picturing now, as soon as you said late '90s party jam, I'm picturing the infomercial for Jock Jams back in the day. Oh, oh yeah, it's like two o'clock in the morning, and you fell asleep on the couch, <laughs> and you wake up, and you just hear like you know Jock Jams 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Are those fucking like Wow CDs? Remember those things? Oh God! Or now that's music. Or, that's what. Oh. They, yeah, that that's what they were. Whatever the fuck they're called. I don't there know, there maybe was I'm... a Wow one as well, and I forget what that was about. Might have been Christian music. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think I'm thinking of the contemporary Christian music, the CCM anthologies. Like, oh god. Yep. I used to listen to tons <laughs> of that shit. I was kind of yep. forced forced to listen to tons of that shit. Back it, well, the yeah, the, the youth groups, you know, they <laughs> yeah. had their rules. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I, I worked at a church for a while, and it was like, oh, it's just you can't escape some of that crap. Yep. Um, but anyway, so here we are. We thought, okay, let's do this ridiculous idea. But then I said, like, what the fuck, man? Like, I want to do a ridiculous idea too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you had this great idea of, okay, let's do a two-parter, a true two-parter, where we're going to improv your idea right now and then the next episode we put out will be the improv of my idea and we'll just we'll do like a competition unofficial but anyone listening you know leave a comment and let us know who who won right <laughs> who had right. the most ridiculous <laughs> idea and it's not really a competition necessarily where it's like your story versus my story but just in terms of like whose initial elevator pitch turned out the most entertaining end product right so right. That, that that's the challenge for today. So this will be our late night double feature picture show improv challenge. And for the first part of our drive-in double feature, we will improv something called the Vanga bus of death. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. So before we okay. jump in, before we jump in with the actual story, a little bit of info. If you're listening to this and you have no fucking idea what we're talking about, like I said, you heard the song as the intro to the episode where we replaced the normal theme song with <laughs> what is actually called technically it's a song called We Like to Party by the Vanga Boys, but the title is also The Vanga Bus uh, in certain parts of the world. So when it was released in the U.S., it actually had both titles. And the Vanga Boys are kind of a boy band. I say kind of because they're not all boys, but um, right. but they're kind of a boy band from the Netherlands that were popular in the in the 90s. And yeah, they did these like weird like club jams in Europe, in like Belgium and, you know, Denmark and places like that and they had a couple of crossover hits in the US I don't know or can't remember if I ever actually heard the song on its own I watched the video recently which if you're listening to this and you're somewhere where you can open up YouTube just go ahead pause the episode go to YouTube look up Venga Boys We Like to Party and I'm sorry because it's a torturously horrible video and it's not <laughs> It's not going to be any fun, but if just for the context of what we're talking about, but whatever you do, please, God, whatever you do, don't leave the YouTube video on repeat because you <laughs> you will be certifiable by after a couple of rotations through this fucking song because it is an, an earworm in the wrath of consents. You know? Yes, like, yes. <laughs> See now. I worked at Media Play during the time of this song's popularity, and there were two songs that I unfortunately had to hear way too fucking much, like to the point where I there there was no there wasn't even ironic enjoyment anymore or like the ability to mock the song anymore. It was just I it was pure vitriol by the end of me working there. This song and fucking uh, that Eiffel 65 Blue. Like, I had to hear those over and over and over again. And it just, oh, man. Anytime anyone talked about the Vanga Boys, I was like, fuck the Vanga Boys. Like, I hated them. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. The summer of 1998, I worked at a car dealership in the car wash before it was automated they had people who would like wash the customer cars yeah that was my job and i don't remember every song that was on the radio that summer but it was like the same six songs over and over and over and over and over again but the mm-hmm. two that will always stick in my mind that every time to this day when i hear them i am instantly transported back to scrubbing somebody's hubcaps in that fucking car wash in 1998 was one week by bare naked ladies and mm-hmm. still the one by Shania Twain, which <laughs> for years I could not listen to either of those songs, even though I'm a fan of both of those artists, but for right. years it was like, fuck these songs. Oh my God. I will never ever listen to that fucking chickadee China song ever again in my life. <laughs> and now of course I love them both. Like there's enough time right. has passed, but like I still am like transported back to that time. But now it's like, I, I look back in, you know, with longing and nostalgia for when I was 18 and young and stupid and having fun, you know, (laughs) but for years it was like, oh, that God, that damn song. That's honestly how I am about Pearl Jam right now. Like, I've never liked Pearl Jam, mainly because of Eddie Vedder's voice. Like, I I don't like that weird vibrato (laughs) thing he's got going on. I've never liked that. 
But now as a fucking adult, I hear Pearl Jam. I crank that shit up because I'm like, oh, I'm young again. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how that's how I feel about most like butt rock, like radio rock. Right. Two (laughs) thousands. Same. Same. Like, oh, my God. I heard that song. How many people want to kick some ass the other day? And I (laughs) fucking was like, yes, I miss this era. Oh God, you know, yeah, it, it was like Godsmack and Drowning Pool and Puddle, Puddle of Mud, Mud and yeah. I don't even know the names of all these bands. Seether and you know, I don't even remember the names of all of them. The Click Click Boom song and like <laughs> at, at the time when I was stuck working retail and these were always on the radio, you know, the rock radio, I just wanted to shoot the speakers every day, just the mm-hmm. same Nickelback over and over and over again, and I hated it. But now that I can choose to listen to them, and of course there's an element of nostalgia, and of course you know the the next generation is coming up listening to that old music, just like we used to listen to you know shit from the 60s and 70s when we were growing up, you know. Yep. And it's fucking cool again. But man, at the time, you, uh, disturbed. Oh god. Oh yeah. No, fucking hated it. It's but yeah, I mean, I can honestly say that even with all that nostalgia talk. I'm still not nostalgic for the Vanga Boys or Eiffel 65. <laughs> like I, no, no, never. Because <laughs> before this episode last night, I was like, okay, let me just look up the lyrics to the the to the Vanga Bus just so I know what I'm talking about here. And I listened to the song while I was reading the lyrics, and I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> I, I hate everything about this. I don't like this song. I still don't like it after all these years. Yes. I, I still, yeah, I don't think I even heard it again at the time, but like, you know, I hate tattoo, I hate vitamin C, you know, fuck all oh that stuff. Oh my god, vitamin C, I forgot about her. Oh, oh god, but the thing that I remember, or the thing that I associate with this song is what most people probably thought of when they heard the intro to the episode, if you're of a certain age, was the early 2000s, specifically 2004 to 2010, when the fucking... <laughs> When Six Flags, the theme park chain, used this song in an ad campaign with one of the most bizarre mascots I think I've ever <laughs> seen in a commercial advertisement where it was just this old guy in a tuxedo who gets off of a bus and then just starts dancing like crazy to the Venga Bus song. <laughs> <laughs> and and lures people aboard the bus yes. and then takes them to Six Flags. The best thing, his name was Mr. Six. <laughs> and he was actually a woman in an old man suit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, it, did, it did look super creepy. He was, I forget her name. Um, I think it was, oh yeah, it was Danny, Danny something. Cause I wrote, I wrote down Danny. Um, I forget her last name, but she was a professional dancer and they hired her to do this, this, you know, dress up, like basically do the old man makeup, the old man costume, and then to dance around like a lunatic. <laughs> and it was, it was catchy. I mean, there were so it was so prominent in that time period that even Robot mm-hmm. Chicken parodied the the Six Flags commercials like when they were going on. So like it, it's it's a it was definitely a pop culture zeitgeist at the time. Oh, it um, absolutely was. Yeah, and I actually really liked the song because of the commercials. But mm-hmm. now that I've heard the whole song, I realize the only that like main chorus beat is really any good. The, the rest <laughs> of the <laughs> song, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the rest of the song where people are actually singing is just like, oh god, like it's worse than the Macarena. Like no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but but you're totally right. I was actually reminded of it not that long ago because I want to say it was 2022. Yeah, 2022. I just Googled it. When Lizzo hosted Saturday Night Live, they did a sketch where there was this whole family of people who were secretly the Six Flags guy. Like the whole family was the Six Flags guy. <laughs> and it was like that ghost face idea we had in our recent Ernest Goes to Camp episode. Where like <laughs> so, Just everybody's ghost face coming out of everywhere. And it was like that with the Six Flags guy. And it was like, wait a second. This was like more than a decade old at this point, but people are still making comedy sketches about this advertising yep. mascot. Cause yeah, it just, it got in everyone's head. It was, it, it was kind of like the early two thousands version of the, where's the beef ladies. Like, <laughs> there you go. Wh- why the fuck were we obsessed with that ad campaign in the eighties? But everybody was, there was t-shirts, there was magnets, there was bumper stickers all for a fucking Wendy's commercial. It was just three old ladies that were like, where's the beef? Because there was, you know, apparently all the other fast food joints had smaller <laughs> patties than Wendy's, you I know, know but we were obsessed with it. It was also kind of like the Noid, you yeah. know, if you remember Domino's the Noid, what the fuck? The Noid was literally just some weird claymation character that wanted to stomp out pizza freshness and <laughs> for reasons there were video games, a cartoon toys like it got insane. I had a little Noid action figure, like one of those little bendy action figures. Oh, yeah. I had one of those as a kid for a pizza chain. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you're like, what the fuck is a Noid? And like, what is right. the old guy in a tuxedo have to do with the theme park? And mm-hmm. for I, I, I equate it with those Orbit commercials where the the ladies would sort of fake swear and curse at each other you know and mm-hmm. they, because because orbit like gives you like a clean mouth so of course yeah. you know, they can't have like a potty mouth and so to this day i still will swear at somebody when my kids around it's like you lint liquor <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's exactly like, it's so stupid how these weird commercials get stuck in your head uh, I think the T-Mobile commercials from the early 2000s were the best ones where I can't even recall if there was a specific mascot, but they just had the most bizarre commercials that every time there was a new T-Mobile commercial, it was like remote down. We have to see what kind of wackiness they're going to do, you know, <laughs> exactly. And, or like the old spice commercials with uh, Terry Crews. It was kind of oh, like that, yes. you know, just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And see, but that's the best type of advertising because, like, it's so weird, it's so strange <clears throat> that it sticks in your head. So it's like you always remember what they were advertising. So, like, I totally get why marketing, you know, why why these marketing campaigns do this. But it's funny to think about, like, people being nostalgic for old commercials. Um, I know that's a thing. Uh, one of mm-hmm. one of our buddies that uh, does throwback reviews, Sean Johnson, like. He, he has a whole thing of, like, 80s TV commercials that he's always talking about. Um, like, I know there's a YouTube channel he'll sometimes put on in the background that's, like, just collections of 80s commercials. I totally get it. I get nostalgic for that stuff as well, which is kind of what kept making this come back. Like, again, like I said, I don't like this damn song. I hate this song. <laughs> but it's an earworm. It's in my brain. And immediately when I started talking about it, I, I thought of Mr. Six. I thought of those fucking Darien Lake commercials or Six Flags. Darien Lake was our local one. But yeah, it's like it made me immediately think of Mr. Six. Now, I associate Mr. Six with the song because of those damn commercials. So it's it's kind of funny how it all comes full circle to weird advertising. But yeah, 
we are living in an era right now where, you know, short horror films and like short horror ideas are being made of everything. You know, like there was just a Winnie the Pooh horror movie that came out that, by yeah. the way, holy hell, I need to cover that on the Boogeyman's Closet because it's not just bad. Like, it's not it's not like funny bad. It's just plain. Oh, my God. How did this get made bad? But there are moments <laughs> that are fucking hilarious because they're so awful. But it's like you're almost angry about it because you, you kind of want to hate the movie. And then it'll hit you with like a funny scene and you're like, all right, all right, but still fuck you. Like, it's, like, it's <laughs> yes. that type of bad. Um, so like, you know, thinking about this, like I can almost see some young filmmaker being like, let's do a theme park horror movie. Let's make it about that guy, the guy from the six flags commercial. Like yes. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's even been actual advertising figures that people have made movies out of like fucking Ernest P. Worrell. We just talked about that exactly. two episodes ago. Like he was a, a fictional character invented for an ad campaign or even like the Geico caveman had a, you know, admittedly TV failed show. TV show. Yeah. It, yep. I mean, it, it was a failed TV show, but they still got one, you know, it's like, that's so <laughs> strange. And yep. I love SNL. I'm a huge SNL fan. And through all the ups and downs over the, over the years, I've been a big fan. And one of the, my favorite aspects of SNL is the fact that I feel like they do exactly what we do and that they come up with these really great elevator pitch ideas where they'll do a crazy commercial or trailer for a movie. Like one of my most uh, one of my favorite ones they did recently was Oscar the Grouch um, <laughs> yes. with David Harbour. <laughs> yes. And it's like some of these ideas are so good. And that was clearly a parody of the Joker movie, but mm -hmm. it's like, oh, God, like what a great idea. Like you can actually make that work. But my favorite one of all time, and I've mentioned it here on the show at least once before, maybe multiple times because it's sheer genius. Especially now when there's this whole trend of people making like Wes Anderson style movie mm -hmm. clips on like TikTok. But I absolutely think it's a goddamn crime that the Midnight Coterie of Sinister Intruders isn't a real Wes Anderson movie. Because <laughs> it's an absolute fucking genius SNL skit with Owen Wilson and Alec Baldwin. And it's just the absolute perfect parody of a Wes Anderson movie. If, if he made a horror movie and just, just go to YouTube again, pause the episode, go to YouTube, look it up the midnight coterie of sinister intruders. And tell me that isn't an absolute perfect parody of a Wes Anderson style clip <laughs> anyway, but we're not here to talk about Wes Anderson or Ernest P. Worrell. We're here to talk about Mr. Six and the Vanga bus, which <laughs> I mean, technically the Vanga bus, I guess is the thing from the Vanga boys music video and isn't technically the same bus that takes people to six flags theme parks with <laughs> mr six but i mean for our intents and purposes they're the same thing right yeah oh yeah no i'm for for, for the the pitch of this i immediately pictured like i i wasn't picturing like a full-blown big kind of bus i was picturing more of like a little shuttle bus something that you would see in like a in a big theme park Mm -hmm. You know, where like a shuttle bus would take like, you know, old folks from like one side of the park to the other, that type of thing. Um, so something that you don't want to be hit by, but something that's also not like, you know, a, a fucking greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the bus that was in the Mr. Six commercials was more of a larger size bus. I, yeah, I, I don't know anything about vehicles, so I can't identify it, but it looks like, you know, kind of a, a custom vehicle. It looks 
definitely an older model, like not as boxy and rectangular as buses tend to be these days, but it's clearly some kind of like a, a long haul vehicle. But to your point, like there's no reason why this couldn't just be a shuttle bus that, you know, taking people from like the parking lot to the park entrance or something like that. Right. Right. Um, so the question then becomes if, if the idea is to come up with a movie pitch or a movie adaptation of the Venga bus of death, where the fuck do we start, Mike? What are we doing? So, so okay, so here's, here's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing one of those movies, again, from the early 2000s, how you would get like that, the cold opening backstory, how they would be like, you know, in such and such, like 20 years ago, this happened, you know, and they would give you the whole like backstory of what happened while showing it to you. And then fast okay. forward to present day. So that's kind of the, the picture I had in my head. So I, I pictured like this montage scene where uh, we we discuss the advertising campaign of of Six Flags. Maybe it's in the movie. It's not called Six Flags, but for the sake of argument, it's called Six Flags. Um, well, let's just call it Darien Lake because that was our local Six Flags. Okay, where yeah. we're From so not everyone has a Darien Lake. So fuck it, we'll just use that. Right. Okay. So we'll say Darien Lake. Yeah. That like this this is the the, the branch that it happened at. So like I figured the theme the 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 theme park mascot would be Mr. Six. So every theme park has like a dude dressed up, you know, in this like suit with a little bow tie, you know, with a skull cap on and glasses. And again, they'd be all different sizes. There would be like, you know, the giant fat middle-aged Mr. Six. There'd be like the, the scrawny little old black man with the gray hair, Mr. Six, you know, there'd be the lady Mr. Six at another park, you know, so it would be, it would just be average folks playing Mr. Six. So one, one year, we're going to have at one particular park. So at the Darien Lake Park, the uh, the man playing Mr. Six, we'll just call him Danny because that was the name of the original actress. Mm-hmm. Um, he fucking snaps. He's had enough. He can't take it. He's been listening to the fucking Venga bus song in his <laughs> little bus over and over and over again. And he finally fucking snaps. He's at work. He decides, fuck it, I'm done. And he starts mowing people down with his bus all <laughs> while. The fucking Vanga bus song, while we like to party, rings out across <laughs> amongst the screams of the murdered people. So, like, just imagine this bus, like, mowing people down with... <laughs> and people shrieking and, you know, being run over. So now, you know, he he basically gums up the works with guts, gets a tire iron, and just starts beating people to death. You know, so... <laughs> I'm sorry. I started <laughs> laughing and I choked because you were like, he gums up the works with guts. <laughs> I don't know why that seems so disgusting to me. Because <laughs> he's run over so many people that his grill is just gummed up. Oh, my God. So he gets a, he starts murdering people with a tire iron. He's going crazy. And eventually the cops show up and mow him down. You know, so they shoot him. So. The, the park is closed. It's a national scandal. You know, this guy murdered like 50 people at a theme park, you know, men, women, children, old, young, whatever. Um, so now we fast forward to present day and we have the stereotypical stupid group of teens breaking into the old abandoned theme park. <laughs> nice. So that's okay. kind of where my pitch went. <laughs> okay, no, this is perfect. And and I thought of two things immediately that made me excited and like I'm totally on board. I feel like the light bulbs aren't lighting up yet, but we're getting there already <laughs> because two things I thought of. Number one, this is a very relatable figure. He's a very relatable character because <laughs> yep. which one of us 
especially when you're driving around like stuck in traffic or it's too hot <laughs> or you're who among us has not just fantasized about just driving up on the sidewalk and just pop 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 taking out a couple <laughs> of people you know yep. like or like when I was a kid, my parents used to play this game where it was like, you know, 50 points for hitting the guy in the crosswalk and 100 points to the guy on the sidewalk. Ha ha ha. We'd have this little joke about pointing out, oh, oh there's a lady with a baby carriage. That's 200 points, you know, and it was like the stupid driving <laughs> game before we had cell phones. <laughs> and and then the other thing is, yeah, you I think you nailed it with the song because it is absolutely an earworm. Imagining somebody driving a bus as a job at a theme park where he's basically driving like in a circle or a predetermined circuit all day long, but listening to this fucking song. That's what made me, made me think about that in particular is because, because when I worked at media play and I had to hear that song, like every like eight songs, I'd hear that fucking song. And it was like, I had this, like, like I wanted to kill it. I was, it made me enraged every time. <laughs> Yeah, I can totally see that now. I live in a suburban Texas neighborhood, and the weather is nice here a lot. It's the suburbs. You know, people have a little bit of money, which means that in the summertime, there are constantly ice cream trucks driving around. There's been times when we've been recording, and I've had to mute out for a little while and to hope that you were just going to keep talking because there's a fucking ice cream truck outside my window parked for the kids to come up and buy shit and they blare this little kid music or sometimes it's like a jack-in-the-box chime version of like the spongebob theme song or something and it's like just the same pop goes the weasel bullshit over and over and over and it drives me crazy listening to all the guys parked in my neighborhood i can't imagine driving the ice cream truck all day listening <laughs> to this fucking wind chime music like i would I would have murdered 15 small children years ago, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. I, I have to I have to go back to the pitch because I just thought of a better ending than having the cops shoot him down. Okay, so Danny is murdering people all around the park, right? Start bludgeoning people with the tire iron. He starts forcing them to choose to get on the bus or to die. And eventually <laughs> when he has a busload of people, he drives into the lake, into the lake. <laughs> into his watery grave with like 20 people on the bus nice and you just see people like on at the window trying to like bang and get like, out like pounding <laughs> on the window as it sinks <laughs> oh that, that or maybe he doesn't even force him to get on the bus maybe he just already had a busload of people and he just like hits the gas and starts going on a rampage and like you know he jams something in the door because the buses have those doors that open with that weird like uh, handle you know yep. where it's like a long bar with like a hinge on it and he just jams something in that so they can't open the door and he's driving around like mowing through crowds with like 30 people behind him <laughs> screaming at him to stop yes. and then he just like goes right into the lake and they all go with him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, this is amazing. Okay, so, so then yeah, we fast forward to a bunch of like dumbass teens in the early 2000s with like you know uh, bootleg jeans on and their midriffs showing, right? <laughs> oh yeah, and we we and we got to do the the couples rule. So we'll have let let's do like uh like two couples and then we have the third wheel. So like yeah. Let, 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 I don't know. Let's just pick, throw some random guy names at me. Uh, Jasper. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. <laughs> so we got Jasper and his girlfriend. Uh, let's say let's say Janet. I don't know why I like the, the alliteration. 
All right, Jasper, so and, Jasper Janet. and Janet. So let's then, keep that up for how about Tina and Tanner? Tina and Tanner, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> we gotta have the 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 comedic like third wheel, um, like just the the dorky buddy. Um, I don't know. We we always we always joke about doing Billy and Bobby. You know? it's, it's always a Billy. It's always a Billy. Well, you know that's actually kind of funny. What if it's okay? Let's just call him like Billy Bobby. That's his name, Billy Bobby. And Billy Bob. That could either be because he's like kind of a doofy redneck character whose name is literally Billy Bobby, or what <laughs> if he's like a nerd or some kind of like smart, cool kid or. He's a sort of a smart, clever kid, but he's from the type of, you know, shit kicking backwoods family that would name their kid Billy Bobby. But he fucking hates it. So he goes by like BB or something, you know? <laughs> yes. OK, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> so he's BB. <laughs> I like that. At some point, like uh, Tina or Janet, one of them, they know him. They know who he is. They're like, I know who you are. You know, you went to my church. You're that Billy Bobby. And like, just totally pick on him about his name and make him feel like <laughs> shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, like, we have to we have to have this thing where where, uh, you know, a reason for them to break into the to the place. So should it should it be the the normal tropes of like. Hey, it's close to Halloween. Want to do something really scary? Or should it be like, you know, that they they heard they're going to tear down the amusement park and they want to get a good look at it before they tear it down? Something like that. We need We need a, a trigger point to get them to go there. Yeah. No, I think both of those ideas are perfect, actually, because I was thinking of why BB would be with them. And the first thing I thought of is, oh, he's like the nerdy kid. Maybe he knows how to like turn the roller coasters on or maybe he used to work there or something and so oh that would be perfect right? well so no like, no because that it's been closed for years so yeah well that was my initial idea because i was thinking like oh well you know tanner and jasper are these like meathead football douchebags not that everyone who plays football is a douchebag but these guys particularly are <laughs> yes <laughs> we're, we're playing in the world of stereotypes with these characters yeah. they're like ram and kurt from heathers okay just picture yes. that right <laughs> and <laughs> and you mentioned like Halloween. I thought that'd be perfect. What if they're like, oh, it's almost Halloween. We have we have to impress these girls. Maybe Tina and Janet are like sisters, and like they they have to impress them. Like they're maybe they're like rich kids in 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 town, right? Tina and Janet are sisters, and they're like uh, I don't know, they're the Clarksons, like whatever, right? And they're right. like, they're, and and so you know, uh, Tanner and Jasper are like the football stars taking out like the rich Clarkson sisters, but they got to do something really cool because they don't have enough money to take them out somewhere expensive or, you know, go somewhere wild because that's maybe what the Clarksons are used to. Like, you know, they, they can't reach that bar. So they have to do something daring and everything that, everything that I'm saying, we're going to hear one of them, like, Tanner or Jasper, one of them is like neighbors with BB and they were like friends when they were younger and they're trying to convince him like, come on, man, you got to come with us. Like, I know you can like, you know, get the, you know, you can get the tilt a world to turn on or like, you're a smart guy. Like, come on, man, I swear. Like, and, and they make a deal where, and so he's kind of dragging this like smart kid along because they want to impress these girls and maybe they lie to him and say like, oh, they're, you know, they're going to bring their friend for you. I promise, you know? Right. <laughs> Well, okay, hold on. Yeah, I, I like I like this. So, so let's say, let's say yes. The 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 uh, Jasper and Tanner, you know, they're they're not 
they're they're the popular kids, but they're not as well to do as say Tina and Janet. Whereas Billy Bob, he's mm-hmm. he's comes from poor family. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's a you know he's a younger kid, but he's been working since he was you know <laughs> allowed to work. So yeah. maybe he spent all summer working at their local amusement park. So it's like like the equivalent to Fantasy Island and Darien Lake. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have the the little theme park that's like just outside of town. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like about an hour outside of town, you had this much bigger theme park that closed down before they were born. So okay. so they're oh. like, well, hey, Billy Bob worked at that theme park. Maybe we could get him to turn on the rides for us. So they make some kind of deal with him, whether it be like, you know, we'll you know, we'll pay you or like maybe that maybe it's as simple as that. Like, dude, we'll give you a 100 bucks. Like, just, yeah. just come with us and turn shit on. Just we just want you to turn shit on. You know, we want to impress these girls. We promise we'll give you the money. Like, we'll give you 50 bucks now, 50 bucks afterward type of thing. It would be funny if, like, Tanner and Jasper were talking to each other. Like, they hit on the girls, and then the girls walk away, like, we'll see you later, boys. You know, and then they're like, mm-hmm. fuck, what are we going to do? And they're kind of, like, whispering to each other as they're, like, walking out of the mall or whatever. You know, like, right. fuck, like, uh, like, oh, I know, like, uh, my neighbor, like, you know, B- Billy Bobby, like, you know, he works at the theme park. Yeah, it's totally. And then we do, like, we do, like, a smash cut. And it's a theme park, but it's, like, one of these, like, little kid fairs with, like, those tiny little roller coasters that are, right. you know, like, 50 feet long in a circle. Cool. And he's wearing like a clown hat or something, you know, just because <laughs> yeah. they used to have one of those here in Austin. It closed, unfortunately, during the pandemic, but it was called Kitty Acres and it was like putt putt golf and they had like a horse that you could ride. But it was like, yeah, there was like the little tiny roller coaster and like these boats that like went in a circle and like, oh, when- yeah, yeah, yeah. When Griffin was like six, he had his birthday party there. It was like his favorite place in the world because they had like a real horse and like you could go on these like stupid little boats. And like the Ferris wheel was like I could literally reach the top of it, like standing in front of it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it would would just be a funny like juxtaposition to like smash cut to this like little kid fucking theme park. (laughs) Remember like Whistlepig? Um, oh yeah how because they had those little boats like as soon as you said the little boats i had a flashback to being five and being on those little fucking boats that were like tethered to that central wheel and they just Mm kind of went around in a circle and you could like ring the bell and shit yeah Um, and and for anyone who doesn't know you're talking about like a little super miniature theme park that was literally in the parking lot of like a hot dog stand you know yes and uh, but on the weekends they'd light the whole place up and yeah you could get like cotton candy and balloons and it wasn't really a carnival it was just something to do and then they had like guys who would come and show off their classic cars in the parking lot and like the little kids would ride the little boats or have a little pony ride and you know eat like footlongs yeah right yeah so that would be perfect if we did something kind of like that but it, I, I don't know why i'm thinking of like the clown dog restaurant from don't tell mom the babysitter's but that's perfect ridiculous outfit yeah exactly that's that's the type of of like horrible outfit that billy bob has to be wearing like when we smash cut to him so like we have like jasper and and uh and tanner come running up to him and they're like hey man we got a proposition for you and have like immediately like when when billy bob sees him coming he's like oh fuck not them like you know maybe he he's not a fan of these two um, you know, and, and they're like, you know, hey, we know we've been hard on you in the past, but we got a proposition for you. And at first he doesn't trust them. So maybe like mm-hmm. first they throw him like they're like, what if we give you like 20 bucks? He's like, fuck you. They're like, all right. Yeah. All right. 50 bucks. He's like, nope. He's like a hundred bucks. And maybe he stops and he's like, OK, that'll help. And he's like, all right, what do I need to do? And they're like, they explain the whole situation. They want to for the big Halloween 
you know, get together. They want to they want to bring these girls into the abandoned theme park. You know, hell, maybe he's like, no, at first when they tell him that and they keep upping the amount. So, like, maybe it's something like 200 bucks, 300 bucks, whatever. We give him a a good amount of money. He finally agrees to do it, you know, and and they're like, look, we'll stay out of your hair. All you got to do is turn on a couple rides if they're still working. Like, if if the place still has power, you can you can turn the rides on for us and then just kind of stay out of our hair. You know, let let us let us get to third third base, you know, that type of thing. Yes. and then, and then they're in, he's just like, all right, fine, whatever. Like, you know, because his family needs the money. Maybe we have, like, the little quiet moment where he goes back home and he lives in, like, a real shitty little house and, like, his mom is sick or something. We we pull all the normal horror trope heartstrings. Like, we we go full people under the stairs and be like, oh, look, mama's sick. She needs money. You know, that type of a thing. Yeah, totally. I think that's great. And backing up just for a second, just because I really like these sorts of exchanges where we write these like cool dialogue scenes. And I think you're exactly right. They start with like, oh, come on, man, we'll give you 50 bucks. He's like, nope. And he like goes off to like restock the napkins or something. And they're like, oh, come on, man. Like it's the Clarkson sisters, man. Like, like mm-hmm. and they pull out their wallets. and like, what you got? Okay, 100 bucks, man. I got 100 bucks. And he's like, I'm listening, you know, and then they kind of give him the plan. And as soon as he hears like break into the theme park, he's like, nope, never mind. Like, I'm not listening. And, you know, walks off to, you know, refill the ketchup or whatever. And they're like, oh, come on, man. Like 200 bucks. Like we got a hundred right now, but like, we'll get you another hundred. And he pauses and looks and they're like, it's the Clarksons. Like their dad owns the the computer hut or whatever, you know, some chain of stores. He's like, you could get like a real job and like, get out of here, you know, come mm-hmm. impress the girls. And like, you know, we'll sweet talk him and into meeting their dad. You can get an interview. And that's, he's kind of like, okay, yeah. You know, he kind of gives in, but the money first, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then we see him go home. Same thing. Like you said, he walks in and his mom's like, did you bring me home cigarettes? You know, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you bring me my eyebrows. <laughs> exactly. Right. And he's like, oh, come on, mom. Like we saw the doctor last week. You know what he said? Cause she's got like an oxygen mask on and shit. And she's like, oh, I can have a couple, honey. It's okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And, but then he goes into his bedroom and he's got something he's tinkering with, like some electronic device. And it's like, okay, that's going to tell the audience. Yeah. He works at the stupid little theme park and knows how the machines work but he's also kind of a smart guy you know maybe he's fixing an old radio or something um you know something where once we get him to the theme park later and the rides obviously don't work but he's going to be able to fix them because he has some of that knowledge you know what i mean right Um, or better yet like he tries to fix them and suddenly like the you know like the ferris wheel turns on he's like nah dude like i didn't even plug it in yet you know or whatever but But just something to kind of show that, like, yeah, the reason that Tanner and Jasper want him to go is because he's the he's the smart nerdy kid at school who's into, like, machines and shit. Like, he'll know how it works. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I love it. I, that's that's perfect. So I, I didn't expect Billy Bobby to be our main character, but he's definitely going to be our main character. <laughs> yeah, somehow. I think I think you're right. <laughs> and, like, you guys just did the early 2000s horror theme on The Boogeyman's Closet. And so that's what I'm picturing in my head with these yep. characters. Like, the Same. characters from, like, Wrong Turn and shit, where, like, the fashion is just ridiculous. And we were just talking about, like, Disturbed and Puddle of Mud. And that's the theme music that I'm thinking of, besides the Venga Bus song. You know, it's like... Yeah. This is the era that I think is perfect. <laughs> oh, no, dude, dude, like you made a scene form in my head. So like we see them like we'll, we'll see the group uh, like uh, Tanner, Tanner and Jasper, like uh, getting Tina and Janet to agree to go out with them. 
and they got this this special thing planned, and their 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 good buddy Billy Bobby's gonna come along for the ride, and they're like, oh my god, Billy Bobby, like isn't he that redneck kid, you know, like yeah, that exactly. whole thing, and then have have them be like, yeah, but he's good people, you know, and then smash cut to the five of them in a car, like driving on a throughway with like you know kind of fall leaves all around and i just immediately pictured like as soon as we cut to that scene that <laughs> it's like it starts playing <laughs> the fucking disturbed yes. song like, perfect t- for, like, tell the, me that's not little... an early early 2000 scene transition oh that's perfect yeah i love it and actually what's even better is we were just talking about the nostalgia of that period and how you know pop culture works in these like 20 to 30 year cycles and now all of the all the younger kids you know all the gen zers and gen alphas are all into the early 2000s and the late 90s because of the nostalgia just like we were into like the 60s and 70s and shit it'd be awesome if because the actual venga bus song came out 1998 and the Mr. Six campaign was big in like two thousand, starting in two thousand four. If we do this in real time, where yeah, they're into all that music and they're into that fashion, but it's still the twenty twenties, and it's just yes. like they're like super cool retro guys who like listen to Disturbed and wear like bootcut jeans and shit, you know. <laughs> but it's like they look really cool, whereas like the adults are like, oh come on, I wore that shit when I was in college, you know. But it kind of ties <laughs> into the nostalgia of the Venga Bus or the Mr. Six campaign. Right. No, I, t- I love it. I love it. So we, we get we get them like this is going to be one of those movies, much like uh, like Hell Hellfest or um, trying to think of another one that, d- that does not waste any fucking time, like immediately just like get to the horror. Like, let's get get the characters there. So we have this like, you know, little 15, 20 minute preamble of mm-hmm. who's who we, we lay out the plot like, you know, like the we, we open with the cold opening history lesson about what happened. Then we meet our characters, we get the the group together, we know their mission, and we cut to them driving there. So while they're driving there, they should be telling stories, like telling ghost stories about the Mr. Six murders. And every one of them will have some completely different and very wrong version of the tale. So we Mm -hmm. have like, you know, maybe like Jasper starts it off. He's like, yeah, you know, I heard that he got really coked up one day. And he like let the Ferris wheel off its hinges and murdered a bunch of people. Like just stupid shit like that. And we would smash cut to like this coked up crazy Mr. Six, like with a wrench, just like pulling bolts out of the Ferris wheel as it's going around and just yes. have it like roll across the theme park, squishing people as he's cackling like a madman. <laughs> and then yes. Janet be like, that's not at all what happened, you idiot. And then like, smash cut to like he's sitting in the parking lot like rocking back and forth with a gun just like i can't take it anymore i can't take it anymore and then he hears the vanga bus start playing and he's just like ah and starts driving through the park <laughs> shooting people yeah yeah exactly and then uh sorry i forgot who you said already but like uh, yeah. jasper and janet there you go so so then uh yeah tanner's like no 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 that wasn't it like he was running the uh, well, in real life, there was like a Superman roller coaster at the Six Flags. So, like, we'll just yep. change it to some other superhero. So, but like, no, no, he was running, you know, like the Superboy roller coaster, and he was like standing there with a machete as people were coming off and just beheading everybody as they came up, <laughs> you know. And then we just cut to like, you see like this shot, it's like panned way back. You see the roller coaster, and you just see like heads start popping out of the cars, you know. <laughs> 
like popcorn coming out of a machine. It's just like pop, 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 pop. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then we just and then we cut to him close up, and you see his face just spraying with blood while he's just like cackling, holding like a machete, <laughs> just beheading like a whole roller coaster like chain of people. <laughs> And we could have like like Tina be like, that's not at all what happened. He was way more subtle, you know, and have him pouring like bleach into the Slurpee machine. <laughs> nice. Have people like gurgling and coughing up blood and falling dead all around him as he cackles like a madman. I was like, of course it has to be BB who's like, no, you dumbasses. Like, don't you ever wonder why they call him Mr. Six? It's because he drove the number six shuttle bus and then blah, blah, blah. Like he tells the actual story, but like a shortened version because like we just saw it at the beginning. Yeah, we see the highlight reels of just like, you know, we see him on the bus. We see him lock the, the bus again mm-hmm. and then we see the bus go into the lake. Like just as he's telling the story, it's like, hey, remember, this is what actually happened. Yeah, you know. exactly. Because, because it's not Six Flags, so we can't really call him Mr. Six because of Six Flags. So it's like, yeah, he'll he'll be he's the number six driver, you know. And we and when we see that flashback, there's like a big six in the front of the bus because, of course, you know, they'd have more than one. And th- it's that simple. But we, that way we can keep calling him Mr. Six without having to get confused. <laughs> we could we could really go ridiculous with it and have three sixes on the bus. <laughs> well. <laughs> Have a six on both sides of the bus and then like one on the back and be like, oh, no, it's the triple six. <laughs> well, I am so happy that you mentioned that, actually, because I had it in my notes right here. I, not the sixes on the bus. Cause that's actually perfect because, of course, there'd be one on each side and the one on the front. Right. That's perfect. Right? But I had it in my notes. I, I literally wrote, wait a second. Six flags. Mr. Six and the ad campaign ran for six years. Six, six, six. Mr. Six is the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) See, I I didn't go to the devil, but I love it. That's fucking hilarious. I was immediately thinking like we could play up that early 2000s trope of, oh, it's evil spirit that made him do it type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't being uh, like literal with the devil. I thought it was funny in my notes where I was like, oh, shit, six. Because I was writing the notes out and I'm like, wait, I keep writing the word six over and over again. And I'm like, holy shit, like six, six, six. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think we ever need to explain it here. I don't think there's any reason for us to explain a backstory as to like why he's a ghost. Who gives a shit? Like he's just – that he's the vengeful spirit. He snapped one day, killed a bunch of people, drove the bus into the lake, and now 20 years later, some young punks are breaking into his theme park. And you know, we have to have some scenarios where you know we bump our teens off like one by one. Right. So we we get them to the theme park after we we get the four fake tales and then the one real tale. Um. So we get in. You know, they they obviously have to break in. So we get the whole hopping the fence and 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 pulling. You know, pulling the girls over and then pulling BB over. Um, but basically, it's it's going to be like the jocks have no trouble getting in and everyone else is like struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we kind of show BB's lack of athleticism here, which will obviously play a role later. Um, so they get in, they look around, the whole place is fucking destroyed, you know, just like dilapidated from years mm-hmm. of, of being outdoors and unused. Like the whole thing has been closed off since it was a murder scene. Um, so like, maybe like they're even pointing out stuff like weird stains on the pavement. They're like, I bet that's brains, you know, shit like that. <laughs> like, Yeah. Just so the girls have been like, Oh, stop. And you know, just so they have an excuse to like hug them and grab them, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just the, the, the total stereotypes and, and the things you would do as a teenager, anyone who's ever broken into an abandoned place, 
you know, you look around and you try to scare your friends like, oh, what's that? Like, I bet that's a body, you know, stuff like like you would do shit like that. So because I remember going into some of those Love Canal houses back in the day, like when before they tore them all down. Ooh, those were scary. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was like a rite of passage growing up in Niagara Falls in the 90s. You had to go to, <laughs> to Love Canal where it had, had all those abandoned houses from the uh, ground soil contamination from the toxic waste. Yep. Uh, we all went to the mushroom house. Everybody knew the mushroom house, you yep, know, I think told, I think, and, and the, the phantom car that would follow you around, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I think they told these stories on another episode once. And it's like, it was like, it was the ritual of going to Love Canal and seeing the mushroom house and flashing your headlights at it and driving around and the mystery car would like follow you and all this. And of course there's a certain point where you like leave childhood behind and you realize that, Oh, that was just a cop car following people around. So you wouldn't <laughs> vandalize the houses and the yep. mushroom house didn't really flash red. That was just the traffic light on the other side of the overpass that you couldn't see from street level. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, but, it was, but when you were a teen, you were like, holy shit, it's real. Oh my God. The house, the windows in the second floor, they flashed red at me. Let's get out of here, guys. Go, go, go. <laughs> There, there was a uh, a homeless guy who lived over there um, right around, I want to say it was like 98, 99, that if you happened to be near him, he would yell and throw rocks at you. Um, <laughs> like, I remember me and Tom Thorpe drove past him one time and we, we kind of like we slowed down because he was crossing the street and we didn't want to, you know, hit him because he was being weird. And then he stopped on the other side of the road, just started yelling gibberish and hucking rocks at Tom's car. <laughs> Like get the fuck out of here! <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. So we had you know, they're kind of walking through this abandoned theme park. Of course, there's just random papers blown around for no reason, but you know, for the atmosphere. Oh yeah, um, the, the the abandoned building set dressing that is in every one of these movies. Right. The the loose pieces of paper and and grunge. Exactly. And of course, you know, one of the girls is going to be like, oh, the roller coaster, like, let's go on that one, you know, the Superboy ride or whatever. And then, of course, BB's going to be like, yeah, you know, these things haven't worked in 20 years. Like, the place has been abandoned and tell the backstory a little bit. But then he's like, well, let's try something simpler. And, of course, you know, somebody's like, oh, the Ferris wheel, like, that'll be romantic. Right. And and I'm thinking, I'm picturing, like, you you cut to a minute or two later and there's bb in the electrical box poking around with the wires and tanner or jasper one of them is like whispering like come on man hurry up like the girls are cold like you're ruining it you know and uh, <laughs> you and want that like, other hundred bucks don't you <laughs> exactly it's like this thing's like full of cockroaches like man i don't know and uh and at some point, he's like, maybe this one. And then you see the Ferris wheel, just all the it all lights up. The light bulbs that are left, you know, some of them are smashed, but it all lights up and it starts turning just a little bit. And then BB looks up and he's like, huh, OK. And it's like you get the impression that he really didn't think that what he did did anything. But, yeah. Well, I guess it did because it started working. I, I, I guess I did it, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, just, no, just a little hint, you know. That's absolutely perfect. So yeah, so once the once the Ferris wheel starts moving, you know, like maybe like Jasper claps him on the back. And he's like, I fucking knew you could do it. And they the two of them run over and they get in the carts with the girls. You know, BB's still like he's looking at the electrical box. He's like, how did that work exactly? Like he's he's a little confused, but he closes it up. Like you said, he's like, I guess that did work. Goes over to the control booth, starts it up. So, like, while that's going around, we ha- we're going to have, like, BB, like, sitting there, like, maybe he's fucking around on his phone, like, letting them do their thing. 
and we're gonna see somebody watching from like mm-hmm. like the shadowy figure in the distance watching. So now, like, maybe we do a little montage of them, like, running through the park, like, you know, have have uh, Tanner and Jasper, like, jumping over into the, like, the game booths, like, the fill up the clown's mouth with water kind of thing. You know, like, they're mm-hmm. jumping over there and, like, you know, throwing shit at each other, like, playing, um, you know, all the stuffed animals are all rotten and falling apart. And then, like, they're grabbing, like, gross teddy bears and, like, shaking them at the girls. They're like, ew, I don't want it. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> um, nice. So we, we have and we, we show them go on a few more rides. We have a couple repeats of like BB fixing certain rides or, or like, quote unquote, fixing. Like maybe we could even have one like, let's say the Tilter World, right? Like he opens the electrical box like he doesn't touch anything and it turns on. Yeah, and he's just like he looks around like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Tanner like slaps him on the shoulder. He's like, you're a fucking genius, man. That's awesome. You know, <laughs> and just to kind of distract him while he's staring at it. Like, OK, now you see from BB's face that he's starting to get creeped out. And I like this. Not not exactly a montage necessarily, because there'd be like some music maybe. But I kind of want to hear, you know, the characters kind of laughing and joking and fucking around. And, oh, yeah. But also because I think it'd be funny if there was a couple of unseen close calls like you know they have those games where you like throw the darts at a balloon like what if they do that and then they're like ah oh, this is boring you know and then they walk off and then you just see like one of those darts like flies right to like where one of those guys was standing like a second before and like just barely misses him but like they don't even notice you know like nice. shit like that so it's like you're the audience is going to start to see that like wait a second like where did that come from like there's just a couple of things or, you know, maybe they, they step through like a puddle right as like one of those electrical boxes kind of pops and, you know, fries the puddle. But like, oh, we just barely missed like electrocuting them, you know, whatever. Yes, yes. Just a, cu- a couple of things like that where it's like, OK, nothing super dangerous. And they could maybe they didn't notice the dart thing. Maybe BB or somebody saw the electrical box pop. They all jumped when they heard it, but then it kind of like laughed it off and didn't really notice that they almost all got fried to death, you know? <laughs> right. But it's like the audience knows like something's weird here. Yeah. Something's going on. So like, yeah. So we'll, we'll have them like going through, you know, more and more different rides and eventually like they get to like a fun house or something, you know, like something that it's, it's like the, you know, not, not like a, like a haunted house, but like the old fun house where you have the mirror maze and the door maze and like the wacky, you know, the wacky slides and stuff like that. And they're all like, oh, come on. They're like, you know, BB, get the lights on in here. Come on. So he goes and he's like fucking around with the, the fun house and he gets, gets the lights going. And then like maybe while they're walking through, like the music starts to kick up and it's like, like starts doing like this slow like it's not quite working but it's it's like you can tell it's the vanga bus (laughs) (laughs) so they're going through the fun house and while like we got to have a scene where they're in the mirror maze and like they keep seeing a reflection that's not one of them oh that's creepy as fuck right (laughs) so like they're walking through and you just like maybe bb is noticing flashes and he's getting more and more nervous and he loses the others and he's like guys guys where are you and as he's like running through like he's seeing just like split second flashes of a reflection of like a shadowy figure smiling at him so he's like nice running through and maybe he like crashes through a mirror and scares the shit out of everybody else you're like dude what the fuck you know then they're all (laughs) mad at him you know, and they're like, come on, we got to get out of here. So they, they go on to their next thing. Maybe they, they, they sit, you know, sit by the water and I'll smoke a joint or something like that. Oh, wait. OK, I, I want to interject a scene here, if you don't mind. So yeah, 
two versions of this one where we lose somebody in the group and one where we don't but either way it it doesn't really affect this particular scene it's just where we go next right um so what if they all yeah they all come out of the mirror maze and like i said maybe one of them's not there like maybe tina's not there but again, mm. it, it kind of depends on where we want to go next. But either way, this would be a really good moment where it's like you wouldn't notice somebody was missing maybe right off the bat because they all come out of the mirror maze and Tanner is like – did we ever decide is it Tanner or Jasper who's BB's next door neighbor? Like which one of them like recruited? Because I keep getting these – these names are so um, generic. I keep fucking them <laughs> up. <laughs> I, uh, we never really decided, but let's go with Jasper. Jasper okay, is so, the next door neighbor. Okay, so Jasper comes out and he's like, you know, what the fuck, man? Like, what you break the mirror for? And he's like, oh, I don't know, man. This place is creeping me out. I swear I saw something, blah, blah, blah. And then you see headlights come on outside of a chain link fence, right? Oh, okay. Okay, but this is just between you and me, this is going to be like a fake out, right? So you're going to see yeah. the headlights come on and they're like, oh, fuck, what the hell is that? And of course, you know, Tanner's like, it's the bus. You know, it's Mr. Six's bus. Ooh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right. But Jasper's like, ah, oh, fuck. Hold on, guys. Hold on. And he runs over to the fence. And as he gets closer to it, like you see a flashlight amongst the headlights and then you get closer. And then as he gets to the fence, you see that there's a cop there. He's standing at the fence and he's like, what the hell's going on, man? And Tanner runs up. He's like, come on, dad. Like I told you I was going to bring the girls here tonight. Like, what are you doing here? You know, ah, and it's like, okay. And because I'm thinking to myself, like, how are they turning on all the lights and the music and all this shit? I know it's an abandoned theme park, but, like, somebody's going to notice, you know? Oh, yeah. And, absolutely. And, and so this is how we're going to explain that away. So uh, what's his name? Tanner's dad. Or, yeah, let's make it Tanner. Tanner's dad is going to be like, well, what the hell, dude? Like, I didn't know you were going to turn on all the lights and tell the whole county you were out here. Like, I thought you were just going to come out and impress the girls. And it's like people are calling it in. And he's like, oh, dude, come on. Like, we're like, you know, like we're impressing the girls. They think it's super cool, man. Like, come on, you got to help me out, dad. You got to do me a solid. And, uh, and, his, and, and his dad's the guy just like him. And he's like, yeah, that's my boy. You know, and, right? um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then maybe like the partner, the cop's partner, like pokes his head out of the car window or he opens the door and gets out. And he's like, hey, you know, uh, you know, hey, Jim, everything OK over there? And he's like, yeah, just a couple of. Uh, repairman out here, you know, checking the power, you know, and he turns to Tanner and he's like, wink, wink. And then he whispers like, wrap it up. And right. that way Tanner runs off and that kind of explains the way to the audience, like why they're not drawing a lot of attention because of course they did. And now we're going to explain it away. But what's cool is that now as like, you know, Jim, the cop is like walking back to the car. Maybe he stops. He's like, Hey, just a second, you know, to his partner. And he fucking whips it out to like, take a piss. And then his partner sitting in the car and sitting in the car. He's like, what the fuck, Jim, what's going on? And he looks over and fucking Jim's like headless body is laying there with his dick out. And he's like, Oh what? shit. You know? And then the guy's like, Oh shit. He grabs the radio to call it in. And then you just see his eyes go wide and blood hit the, you know, inside of the windshield shield we don't see what happens but it's like oh fuck the cops are dead and like tanner doesn't see shit because he already ran off <laughs> nice well i i think we, we should do something like we should you know when when we kill the other cop like we should definitely show some kind of like gory thing that happened to him so like, like yeah we do mm -hmm. the close-up of like his eyes go wide and like roll back and then like we pan out and maybe like his whole fucking lower jaw is just like tore off, like his throat's hanging open, like some crazy shit happened to him off screen, mm -hmm. and have the audience be like, "Oh damn, what was that?" Right? Or her? I, no, I love that. Like super fucking gory, like out of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe 
we tie it into one of like the midway games, you know, like it's a, I don't know, a goldfish bowl or uh, one of those stupid little water guns or I, I, I can't think of it right now, but it would be funny if you just saw like his jaw is just gone and then maybe, or maybe you just see, you know, uh, like he gets smacked in the back of the head to finally give him the death blow. But again, it's like, you know, one of these like stupid little game, like a ring toss toy or something, you know, <laughs> just to tie it into the theme park. Right. Well, we could we could do something like <laughs> we we could do something like have his mouth like broken up like ripped open like that, but have like one of those little ping pong goldfish bowls like shoved in the open hole and just have like a little goldfish swimming around in the bowl. <laughs> there you go, perfect. Yeah, we put it together. That's awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> so just like the most ludicrous death scene because like this dude's face was just exploded and a fucking goldfish was shoved in it. Yeah, <laughs> and then like why and no and it has to be like a dead desiccated goldfish because they've been there for 20 years oh yeah God. oh yeah that's perfect <laughs> one of those stupid little like glass bowls and you you pan in for a second and then like the water's all green and chunky and like this little like you know goldfish skeleton just like comes to the surface <laughs> and it's like gurgle yeah. gurgle you know it's like oh gross <laughs> oh god that's funny oh that'd be great oh, um, shit. at this point like tanner runs back so then our our choice here is one do we do what you said like we still have our five people together maybe they go smoke a joint to like kind of calm down and like i don't know man something weird's going on bb's gonna kind of tell his friends his fears and they're gonna blow him off mm-hmm. or maybe tanner runs back and he's like okay tina wait what the fuck's tina and then like no one noticed that she didn't come out of the house of mirrors see what i what i was thinking i i, I like where you're going with it but i have a similar concept so what I, what I was thinking was we have them all like go and smoke a joint and like have the, the guys and the girls start making out and BB's kind of like the uncomfortable, you know, the uncom- uncomfortable third wheel just kind of sitting at the end of the park bench like, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, like dicking around on his phone and then have like one of the girls like get up and kind of like unbutton her top button, giggle and run off. So then Tanner oh, runs nice. off after her like, oh, see you guys later. And then, like, you know, Janet and Jasper start, like, making out on the bench. So BB's like, oh, fuck this. And he goes walking off on his own. So now we have the three groups split up. Perfect. Um, no, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you got to break them up. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. So we're going to have, like, we'll, and it's funny that you said Tina because she was the first one I was thinking of, too. So we have we have Tanner run off into the darkness of the park, like, Tina, where'd you go? And he's looking around, like, hello, peekaboo, like, running around looking behind different things. And then we pan over. And maybe we see her at the back of one of the midway games with a bunch of darts like shoved in her throat, pinning her to the board. And she's yes. just like gurgling and shaking, just like blood's coming out like, oh, you know, and he's like peeking behind some old desiccated stuffed animals like Tina. <laughs> like looking around. <laughs> oh, dude, 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 because we, we already did the dart throw thing as like the fake out earlier. Mm-hmm. What if it's like one of those like Plinko machines, right? Where it's like a big like board with like the needles that stick off of it. You throw oh, the ball yeah, in, yeah. you know, like on the prices, right? You know what I mean? But she's like shoved onto it like a pin cushion. <laughs> like a fucking bed of nails or something. Yes. Yeah. 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 That'd be <laughs> fucking bloody as hell. So she's just like laying there gurgling like, you know, she's fucking dead at this point. Um, and then, yeah, like Tanner's looking around for her. And then maybe we cut to we cut to uh, BB, who's just kind of like walking through the park. Maybe his phone starts acting up like he's not getting any reception. He's like, oh, what the fuck? Like, it goes all staticky. He's like, ah, fucking no bars, no nothing. Like, I can't do anything. And then he hears in the distance the soft 
Vanga bus music that we kept talking about. So, yep. And he's looking around like, the fuck is that? And it's getting louder and louder. And he's like, what is that? And then maybe we have the fucking headlights turn on on him and mm-hmm. start coming straight for him. So he's fucking hauling ass through the park as like some shadowy car with head. Like all we see are the headlights and we hear the mm-hmm. music like starting to speed up. Nice. <laughs> And he's just fucking running and he like dives into one of the games as like the the bus like careens through another one and like kind of kind of skids and turns around and he goes running off. And then we think the bus is still going to chase him. But when he comes running up, he interrupts Jasper and, and Janet like about to get it on. And he's like, oh, my God, someone's trying to kill me. Like, dude, what the fuck? Like they get all pissed <laughs> at him. And he's like, I swear to God, somebody tried to run me down. And he was like, oh, what was it? The Vanga bus, you know? Like, maybe he, like, starts making fun of him, you know, and, like, we don't know what's going on right now. Like, we don't hear the music anymore. We don't see any headlights. Now we cut back to fucking Tanner. You know, maybe he he he's still looking for Tina, right? And then he sees somebody, like, run back into the funhouse. And he's like, oh, I got you now. And he, like, runs after her, right? Bring him back nice, into nice. Uh, either the house of mirrors or, like, the one of the doorways. I think the door maze. Let's do that. So we, we have mm-hmm. her. We see the shadowy figure like run into the door maze and the door slam behind him. And so Tanner's like, I'm going to get you. And he's like opening the doors. And he's like, where are you? Where are you? And he opens one of them. And we just see this like fucking gnarly. Like this is our first vi- like view of, of the resurrected Mr. Six. Have him just be like all fucking gnarly like the um, the swamp zombies in uh, in Creep Show. You know, like okay. all fucking. Mm-hmm wrinkly and nasty and he just grins really big and then fucking puts a tire iron through his eye oh <laughs> nice nice like fucking boom <laughs> just bye bye that, tanner <laughs> yeah it has to be a real quick shot like you see him just for a split second like to tease the audience so like oh like and then yeah we i love that cut to yeah the tire iron like right through the head <laughs> <laughs> just like dead I, I don't know why, but I always love it when, like, uh, you see a death scene like that and then, like, the body falls and, then, like, the leg is just twitching and, like, seizing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I don't know why that's so funny. Dude, that, that's one of my favorite things in, in Texas Chainsaw in the first one where dude gets hit in the head with the mallet and he goes down. His legs are just, like, flopping on the ground. I was like, oh, God. Like, it yeah. freaks out. <laughs> I think that's part of what makes that scene so, you know, scary. There's a lot of things that make that scene really scary. Like, it's broad daylight. It's out of nowhere. You know, there's no, like, creepy music or warning. But, yeah, that dude just twitches like a dead fish. And it's like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> it's so, so off putting. <laughs> All right. So so Tina and Tanner are off the off the board. And Jasper and Jen, are they still, like, making out? Or, like, they went back to making out? And BB's like, oh, fuck this. Like, I, I think BB would be like, fuck this. I'm getting out of here. Like, I'm 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 gone, you know? Yeah, uh, I well, I definitely think that. But I think maybe they stopped making out because, like, maybe Janet's like, oh, he fucking ruined the mood. And Jasper's like, what the fuck, dick? Like, he's all pissed. So have them be mad at BB. So, like, when go. the shit starts hitting the fan, like, maybe at first they're not they're not listening. They're They're angry, you know? And then, like then until they can't deny what's happening anymore so no that's perfect yeah because I, I i had mentioned something like that earlier where i really wanted bb to like wise up but like these dumbasses won't listen to him so the fact that it's out of anger is perfect mm-hmm. um yeah so and maybe you know bb's like you know well fuck this i'm gone you guys can stay here and fucking you know in a horror movie like making out until you get beheaded i'm gone or whatever you know and uh <laughs> right maybe he like runs back to where he saw that cop car and of course you know it 
would normally still be sitting there, but he runs back to that gate and like, you know, there's no car, there's no dead, but he didn't see the car, the dead bodies, but the audience knows, wait a second, like what happened to the cop car and the dead bodies, you know, Mm -hmm. but maybe BB runs over to the gate and he's like trying to like squeeze through the, the gate in the, chain link fence that's like chained shut but he's like a scrawny skinny little dude but like he gets like halfway through and maybe that's when he like notices that there's like a puddles of blood and it's just like well what the fuck and like you know he backs off like i'm not going that way gotta find another way out of here and maybe the way they got in maybe it was like some high fence like they climbed way over the fence so he's not going to immediately think about that because i don't want him to he's a smart guy i don't want him to immediately be like I'm out of here and escape and leave because then he's off the table, but we want to keep him, you know, in the fun house, so to speak. Right. (laughs) Um, But I want him to really be on it. Like now it's like, okay, there's no more, you know, screwing around. He sees the blood. He runs back. He's like, okay, you know, uh, Jasper, Janet, like no more fucking around. Like there's, you know, there's dead fucking bodies, you know, and maybe Janet's like, okay, enough. I get it. You guys are trying to like scare us for Halloween, but it's, gone way too far it's not even funny anymore and bb's like no like for real like those cops were here and now there's blood over there and something was chasing me and have you seen tina and tanner recently and you know janet's like they're probably in the fun house making out like we should have been if you hadn't ruined things and she like stalks off in a huff you know yes yeah yeah and we, we could have her be like you know maybe like she looks at jasper and she's like i want to go home like i've had enough and he's like, he looks at BB, he's like, you ain't getting your money, fucker. Like, you know, he's all like all pissed off. And he's like, come on, let's get Tanner and, and Tina. And they and he's like, yo, Tanner, it's time to go. Like walking around and, and they're not answering. So now we have a reason to keep him in the park because yep. they have mm-hmm. to now find their friends. And the whole time, you know, BB's like, dude, we got to fucking go. Like we got like, fuck them. They're on their own. And they're like, dude, fuck you. Like, you know, you're on your own. Like, I hope you enjoy walking, you know, that kind of stuff. Have the whole like back and forth where they're, you know. BB is kind of like stuck, you know, he wants to get the fuck out of there, but he has no ride other than these guys. And, mm. you know, and they're like, they're way on the outside of town. If someone's killing people, he don't want to be on the road by himself at night. Yeah. You know, that's perfect. And maybe at one point he's like, well, screw you guys. You can stay here. I'm getting out of here. Give me the keys. And Jasper's like, Tanner's got the keys. Genius. Like we got to find him, you know? And it's like, okay, yeah, perfect. Now they're stuck there. They can't even use the car. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to get there because I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. I just, I'm just picturing we need to up the ante on the death scenes. We've seen a couple of people get killed right off, like up close and personal. We did the midway game thing. We did like the fun house death. I want to up the ante and I want to use one of the rides. And okay. I think the roller coaster kill is the absolute perfect thing. So I, I want to skip ahead just a little bit. Help me to get there because what I'm picturing is, one of our characters, either Jasper or Janet, and I think probably Janet would be the most fun, but let's have them like they're walking by that Superboy roller coaster and they see some creepy figure and they're like, oh my God, who's that? Like, you know, the security guard or whatever. And they run and like they're trying to hide and this person is coming and coming and they don't know have anywhere to go except like climbing into like the roller coaster car, ducking down and trying to hide. And then of course the roller coaster like turns on, you know, and, and like the bar comes down and they're stuck in there. So now we can have them, the car comes off the tracks or they get beheaded like in the story or whatever. But I want to get a character stuck in the roller coaster car. They didn't mean to go hide there, but they picked a pretty bad hiding spot. Okay. I like where you want that. And I have an idea for it, but we'll, we'll get there. So okay. that's all fine. right. 
Because because you just gave me a really fun idea. <laughs> uh, as soon as you started talking about the roller coaster, I'm like, oh, there's a there's a really good kill that can happen with this. Um, so yes, we have them looking around, you know, trying to find. Maybe we pass by the the carnival game where uh, Tina was impaled, and we see what looks like fresh blood, and like maybe BB's like what there's fucking blood over here you guys and have jasper like yeah yeah real fucking scary asshole and like you keep you know and he's like no i'm serious and then have have janet be like oh shut up we've had enough of you like they're not believing him now like he's literally finding evidence of death and like no one believes him so like he's he's the audience pov character obviously um so have him like go through the fun house they're you know looking around they can't find anybody again maybe they find like some remnants like there was blood there. Like what the fuck is going on? So mm. have them like looking around, and then I want to have like we'll do the bus thing again, where it's like we hear the music, and at first Jasper, like when they come out of the funhouse, like ha- first Jasper's like, "What did you do, asshole?" And he's like, "That's not me. I didn't do it." They're like, "Yeah, right. Okay, you're mm-hmm. the only one that knows how any of this stuff works." And it's like then we see the headlights come on, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Like you know, t- you know Tanner's dad or whatever, whoever's the, yeah. like Tanner's. Dad. It's like Tanner's dad told us to get the fuck out of here by such and such time. He's like shit we're in trouble and then we hear the music get louder and we hear an engine rev and we see the headlights coming toward them and they're like what, what's going on and then like it just fucking floors it and they scatter they're like yes. oh shit you know and have it like crash through part of the fun house and like spin around so now all three of them are on their own running oh so real quick real quick when the bus comes we finally get a good look at the front of the bus and it's like you said before where there's that six that's like on the front like a decal but now mm. there's like two more sixes on either side written in blood yes, <laughs> yes! that's perfect and like and of course because it's like you know the the ghost bus there's like all the guts of people are hanging off the front of it yes like it's all still there it's like this big bloody mess with like a 666 on the front and like yeah it just comes smashing through and yeah and then of course yeah they take off running and tanner or whoever like he's just gonna be running from the bus like the bus picks him and it's that stupid cliche you see in every dumbass horror movie where somebody just runs right down the middle of the street like fucking like you know zigzag bro (laughs) like (laughs) serpentine bitch (laughs) Dodge and weave, man. Dodge and weave. <laughs> when we covered I Know What You Did last summer, uh, a couple of years ago, like there's a scene where the one dude is like just running, a uh, freaking Freddie Prince Jr. is just like running in the middle of the road as a car is coming. It's like, dude, serpentine. <laughs> like, yep. Run back and forth. Yeah, that's actually what made me think about it, because you said that on a couple of different episodes of the Booking Against Closet, and it's like, yeah, you know what, you're right, that is kind of a stupid trope, especially of like the late 90s, early 2000s, where people just run in a straight line. <laughs> right, oh, I hate it. it, it's 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 just as annoying to me as the ticking clock trope, which I hate. Um, but yeah, so we have, we have, yeah, he's just like running, like just, you know, doing the whole like football star thing, just like hauling ass down the center of the aisle, and we see the the bus coming up behind him and maybe we see like a, a a shot from inside the bus like over the shoulder of the driver and like so nice. we still the, sh- the driver is still in the shadows and he's like just driving along and the, the music is blaring and then we see him just about to get to jasper and we cut to black i have a reason for that so okay. we, we we cut over to to janet and have her like crying and freaking out and like you said she hides in one of the superman carts like your Superboy card. She's like, you know, oh my God, I can't believe this has happened. Like she's freaking out. Suddenly the lights turn on on the roller coaster and we hear like the bar comes down and traps her. And she's like, oh my God, what the hell? 
you know, and it starts up mm-hmm. and she goes up and gets to the top of the hill, right? And at the bottom of the hill, we see Jasper tied up on the tracks. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, no, oh my God. And there's that moment where it stops at the top. It's like, the and it just sits there for a second. And we see Jasper freaking out. And then the roller coaster comes down and it fucking hits him and he explodes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like that scene in Bride of Chucky where the dude jumps out of the car and gets hit by a truck and just fucking explodes. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Like, and then fucking uh, what's her name? Janet in the in the roller coaster car. It'd be like she's on the log ride where it just splashes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and she gets like just fucking covered in viscera. <laughs> completely and then it just keeps on going and it goes into like one of these like loop-de-loops where she goes upside down and she's screaming and like <laughs> trying to wipe blood out of her eyes and then like the roller coaster's going like faster and faster and faster <laughs> and like she goes back to where it's the end and she thinks she can breathe for a second but then it just tears right through the gate and just keeps on going you know yes. <laughs> and then like i, I feel like that's going to end badly for her, but I want to cut away just for a second where mm. BB is like climbing out of the rubble or the wreckage of like one of these midway buildings where like the bus smashed through and he was like climbing out and he just hears this screaming. And he looks up and he just, all he can see is like the, the silhouette of the roller coaster, like against the sky and here in the cart is just going so fast, like loop de loop, loop de loop, like up, down, up, down, all over. And it's just like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't even know. Do we even go back to her or do we just like, Oh leave yeah. Her? <laughs> oh, no, no, cause I, I figure cause we, we need to have a reason. Cause obviously we need at least one, well, we don't need necessarily a survivor, but we need we need like a final girl moment at least. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So maybe BB sees her and he's like, "Oh fuck!" So he runs over to the roller coaster and he starts like fucking with the 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 uh, circuit breaker or whatever, and he gets the damn thing to stop. But it stopped like up on one of the hills. Of course. So he's, yeah. he's like, <laughs> "Fuck!" So now he's like climbing up the track, like doing like the the little walkway along the sides of those tracks. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's climbing up, he gets to the, gets to the cart and he's like trying to pry the, the bar open. She's like, you know, help me. Oh my God, help me. Like she's freaking out. And while that's happening, we hear again, we hear the fucking music kick up and we see yep. the bus like down on the ground, just start fucking ramming the roller coaster. Yes. I was so, just about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's shaking and like BB's losing his grip and he's like, hold on. And she's like, oh my God, get me out of here. You know, she finally like pops the gate. And, like, she starts frantically crawling over the, the cars, like, trying to get away. And the bus fucking hits it. You know, the, the beams start to crack and the, the hill that they're on starts to tilt a little bit. And she gets, like, thrown off the side and is, like, holding on. And we see the fucking gate around the other part of the roller coaster. And she's gonna, if she falls, she's going to get impaled on this damn thing. So, like, one of those wrought iron gates. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know bb's trying to help her he's like trying to pull her up she's like oh my god help me and then like he's you know the bus cracks into it again and she's like screaming at him like help me you fucking twerp and he just like looks at her and is like yeah okay and he lets go and just have her fucking fall and get impaled oh nice oh okay okay 
fucking love that. You got that scene, <laughs> that scene where you like zoom in and she just like coughs up blood right at the camera, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then yeah, we go we go back up to BB and it's like the roller coaster is still falling and now he's like shit, like he's thinking to himself, shit, like where do I go? But of course, this is the Darien Lake amusement park. There's a big lake like at least next to the park if not like you know in the middle of it because of course they drove the bus into it right so mm-hmm. what if as the roller coaster is collapsing he's like standing on the cart and he sees the water right there and like maybe he could have saved you know janet but she was being a bitch and like you know <laughs> he was like Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly and so he's like he's riding the collapsing roller coaster with the cart and he like jumps at the last second and like just makes it into the water and like splashes into the water as the whole roller coaster comes down and then you know we see it goes slow motion for a second and it's this big action moment this big you know uh what's the word this big spectacle where like the whole roller coaster is coming down and it's knocking shit over and the lights are you know bursting and there's sparks in slow motion of course that's the where they spend all their money right oh yeah yeah (laughs) and then you see bb just come up out of the water <gasps> big breath and like he flows his hair back he's alive awesome and you know he's swimming to the to the shore he's not that deep in the water and as he's swimming to the shore you hear that music again the music and he's looking around in yes. the water like where is it where is it he doesn't see any headlights he just hears the music and then the headlights are like right in front of him and then and like here comes the bus and he's like desperately trying to like swim out of the way and the bus just rams right into the water but it just goes right into the water. Like this is the first time we see that it's like a ghost bus. Like it doesn't, the water doesn't slow it down. Like it just goes right. Like it goes right under the water. And as he's climbing out on like the sandy shore, he's looking around like desperately, like where'd it go, where'd it go? And it's just like, it's gone. Like no lights, no sound, no nothing. He's like, what the hell? And and he gets up and he's like, he's wet and he's tired. And he's like pulling his big wet jeans up and he's wiping the hair out of his face. And he's like looking around scared and trying to walk away from the lake. And maybe he's limping a little bit because he just jumped off of a roller coaster like 30 feet in the air. And he's walking away. It's just like eerily quiet. Like it's too quiet. The audience knows something's coming. And as he's, as he's walking away, you just hear, da 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 and the bus just comes <laughs> out of the water just as fast as it went in. No friction. Like, it's just right behind him, right? <laughs> yes! <laughs> you, you actually, well, I mean, you, you're adding more to it, but you pretty much got to the end that I was thinking about. Because I was thinking of the ending of Creepshow 2, The Raft, where nice. the dude's like, I beat you, I beat you, and then it jumps out of the water and gets him. Like, that's what I was picturing. I was like, yeah, he's going to, you know, he's going to think that the bus goes in the water and it's it's all fine now. And he's going to crawl out. He's going to be sitting on the shore and then the bus is going to come out and run his ass over. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> do we run him over or do we have him get away like one last time? Oh, no, no. I, I think I think everyone should die in this. So what I'm oh. thinking, though, is like, let's let's play with your idea. We have the. The, the ghost bus goes into the water. Like you said, no friction at all. Just like dives right in. He's like, what the fuck? Like maybe it almost hits him. And he's just like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? And he, and he gets out. He's like, oh, my God, where did it go? And he's looking around. Everything's quiet. He gets up. Like you said, he starts walking away. He's limping. He, like, limps to the edge of the park. Like, maybe he's like, you know, he makes his way all the way to, like, the, the front gate. And he's just like, oh, my God, I made it. And then you hear the, that, 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 like, you hear the music. And the yeah. fucking bus, like comes out of nowhere and rams his ass into the gate. And yes! oh, dude, it hits him into the gate and like he fucking goes through like the chain link. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's all sliced up. <laughs> like a waffle maker, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the bus pulls back and it starts playing the music again and drives away. 
this is perfect. This is what I was thinking is the bus just rushes out of the water. BB's at the like the chain link gate. He turns around. The headlights are in his face. The camera spins around one last time, and we get to see what he sees through the windshield. And you get to finally get a good look at like Ghost Mister Six, like you know, <laughs> rotten, disgusting. We saw him briefly earlier. We got to pay that off, right? Just for a yeah. second, and he's just grinning ear to ear. Right? He's like, wham! He whams right into that gate. But it's like the bus, the ghost bus, like goes through the gate and like disappears as we see BB just get shoved through it. Like he's getting shoved through like a potato masher, you know, (laughs) and just like plop, 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 plop on the ground, you know, like it's just dead quiet. And all you hear is that like his plop, 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 you know? Oh dude. Yes. And so, okay. Just like you said, like it goes through, goes through and the bus disappears. Like, and you see the pieces of, of BB like fall apart and it's like we zoom in slowly on the gore and like we see like just the chunks of meat and like the, the blood yes. like streaming into the parking lot. And then the screen goes black and we hear Oh, oh, I do. I love it. I love it. Mid credit teaser. OK, As you hear that. Yeah, you, we, we go through the whole song and the credit, you know, the credits are rolling and then like that and then it cuts and then. You just see that scene of like the bloody gore like sitting there, but now it's like nothing's moving. It's just quiet, pile of gore. The camera pans. You see the the theme park and the lights go off, chunk on like the roller coaster or whatever, chunk in the midway. You know, chunk the lights turn off on the tilt a whirl. Everything goes eerily quiet, and then you see some other teens walk out of the woods, and they're like. Dude, I told you that the lights were on over here. I swear, I, I know what I saw, man. Did you hear that music, bro? He's like, we got to check it out. Right? It's just like. Of course. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, love I this. want this to be real. I know. Jesus Christ, how did the Vango bus of death become a thing? <laughs> Uh, all, all because uh, I had some of the devil's lettuce and played a video game. <laughs> nice. I might be a little bit drunk oh. right now, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. But <laughs> that, okay. So, listeners, I desperately want to know what you guys thought of this, because I ain't going to lie. I have had the most fun with this than I've had in a while. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love every episode we do. Like, I always have a blast. But shit, dude, I have been grinning for so long, my face hurts. Like, yes. this, this episode <laughs> really made me happy. Like, it was just really fun to finally just say, fuck it, let's improv a, a, a completely original story based on one stupid idea. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Like, when you first told me this, I was like, I have no idea where this is going to go. This is ridiculous. This is like... Mm-hmm a five minute improv that we would work into like an anthology show of like a bunch of dumb ideas, but like somehow <laughs> it just became this whole thing. And dude, and I was loving this. I'm like picture it in my head. I can <laughs> I like, know, see too. all these actors and like, this is more real than a lot of the ideas that we've done recently. I mean, definitely more so than the League of Extraordinary Arnie's. Even more so, I think, the Ernest Goes to Camp, where mm-hmm. a lot of the middle of it was just like a montage of death scenes. And we kind of got to the good stuff. But, like, you know, we we stepped through this, like, piece by piece. And I yeah. kind of missed that. I feel like it's been a while since we've been so jazzed about an idea that it was like the whole script is just coming at us, like, page at a time. Yep. 
I think the last time that happened was when we did the Return of the Living Dead um, sequel with Sam, where we, yeah. we, we went beat by beat. And I mean, even there, we kind of like fudged a few things like, oh, and then this montage happens and then this. But like it was still like we went beat by beat through the script. But it's been a while since we've done that, you know, even even up before that one. Um, I think the last time we did that might have been the Who's Improv Is It Anyway. Yeah, I'm looking but, back at our notes, and I think you might be right. Like, when we did the Alien Predator episode, we had certain things that we really broke down, but then there right. was big chunks of it that were like, okay, like, we'll do a couple episodes of this TV show or whatever. Like, we had broad strokes in between a lot of that stuff. No, I think, actually, it was the Cobra 2 Assignment Miami Beach. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That was, a, <laughs> of course, I had to look up the list of our episodes, but that was the last time when we were so excited that we were like, oh, I have this scene and this scene and this scene, and, like, we just couldn't stop stop like putting these cool <laughs> like funny uh situations together oh it's pineapple juice so somehow the venga bus of death we, not only did we pull it off but like this is fucking genius like i desperately desperately want to see this movie now oh, i know God. right <laughs> this, no, this is whole, really good whole time i was picturing it like like hellfest because i don't know if you've seen hellfest but it's one of my favorite modern halloween movies because it wastes absolutely no fucking time it's just like there's this like a halloween theme park and a group of friends go to it and there's a killer we don't know why he's a killer we don't know why he's there to to murder people but that's what he's there doing and he's fucking sneaky about it and because one girl accidentally kind of taunts him now he's hunting her and her friends. And it's 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 simple. It's to the point. It has plenty of scares, plenty of fake out moments. It's just a fun Halloween movie. So the whole time we were talking about this, I was picturing that type of pacing and that type of movie where we just kind of get to the good stuff, have fun with it. We don't care that it's ridiculous. Just show me fun, creepy Halloween horror. And that's exactly what I'm picturing this movie to be. And I wish it was real. <laughs> Hell yeah. I totally agree. I think just fun Halloween horror is a lost art almost. Like, yeah, there are some good examples out there, but people get too wrapped up, even us sometimes when we do our movies. We get too wrapped up in backstory and explaining how the killer got to be the killer. What's the origin story? How does this work? What are the physics of this? And it's sometimes it's just like, who cares, man? Like, it yeah. just, it's a just, ridiculous idea. Just have fun with it. Just get to the good stuff. <laughs> exactly. You know, you kept mentioning uh, that movie, and I was thinking of, like, The Cabin in the Woods, which is a really good example of each of the characters gets a little vignette to learn yeah. their personality and then boom, they're in the car. They're on the way they're going to the cabin. They have a stop or two on the way, but it's all servicing the story, adding to the creep factor. Like mm -hmm. they don't really screw around much beyond the initial introductions, which are, I think are pretty well done. Oh uh, yeah. That's another movie that in the first half an hour, we already know what the threat is, you know, mm -hmm. like and it, and it, it moves quick and there's a lot of moving pieces with cabin in the woods. But that's that's one thing I really appreciate about it is it's very it's very succinct, like every scene is there for a reason. You know, there's no meandering about with like even though the dialogue is great, there's no meandering about with funny dialogue. They work the funny dialogue into the scene explanations, which I, I really appreciate. Um, but, yeah, I love those types of movies. I love it when you can just get in. Don't get me wrong. I love a nice slow burn as well. Like there's plenty of horror films and dramas that I'm like. Give me a good, like, three-hour slow burn. Sometimes that's what I'm in the mood for. But more often than not, I want a popcorn horror movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I agree. Sometimes 
I really lament the days of the quick and tight 90 minute movie horror or oh, not fuck yeah. like everything is too fucking long now we've had a whole episode where we've bitched about how long tv shows and stuff are these days <laughs> but yep. it's like dude I, I there's so many times when i sit down with uh with my teenager with tegan and, and we love to watch movies after my son goes to bed my younger son that's one of our one of the things that we do to bond is we sit and we watch a movie and I'll show them old movies from when I was younger. They're showing me new horror movies that they're learning about from their friends or whatever. And it's like a thing that we do, except mm-hmm. sometimes we don't have a lot of time. It's a school night or I have to work and we'll look at our list and it's like, nope, that one's two and a half hours long. Nope. That one's three hours long. Nope. And it's, we have to, we'll go through like eight, nine movies before we find one that's less than two hours. And it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty ridiculous, honestly, uh, how yeah. so hard sometimes it is to just find the succinct movie that just gets in and gets out and like does its thing. And I think this is a good example of what we just did is we have a little bit of a backstory and we get to the good stuff. And like with the cabin in the woods, we're not going to try to draw some mystery out for the audience to figure out. Oh no, we're just telling you what the movie's about and then letting that scenario be fun and dramatic. And the mystery isn't really part of it. Right. Famously, like I think what one of the the best examples of a, a kill your darling for the betterment of the project is First Blood. First Blood it was famously over three hours in its first mm-hmm. cut and people hated it. Like even in, in Stallone was was quoted as like trying to buy the rights to the movie because he didn't want it to come out. He was so mad about how meandering and long it was that he wanted like, no, he didn't want anyone to see it. And then they eventually convinced him that they like, look, we can, we can cut this down. And they cut it down to an hour and a half. And we got this amazing fucking war drama. And like, when you watch first blood, like it's, it's a, it's a really good movie, but it's, it's a character movie, you know, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a dramatic film, but that was originally going to be over three fucking hours. Like they tell that entire story in 90 minutes and it's beautiful. So, Sometimes I think creators and and we're both guilty of this, too. Sometimes Mm -hmm. creators get a little too self-indulgent because they're enjoying what they're creating. And we get these long, bloated stories that like, yeah, they might be good, but they could have been better if they were snipped down. Yeah, exactly. Even a movie going back to something like Death Wish, right? In the 70s, Mm -hmm. I feel like movies in general were kind of longer and meandering. And I think to your point, First Blood is probably part of that tradition where slower character pieces were the thing but even something like death wish which quite honestly feels long but it's only yeah. an hour it's only an hour and a half long it's like an hour and 33 yeah i just looked it up hour and 33 and it's like shit man i would have guessed that that was longer but even mm-hmm. you know a movie like that like it kind of gets to the point and there's a lot of story told in that that 93 minutes you know you could do a lot if you just don't screw around just get to the point tell what you want to do and yeah, right. I like I like the fact that you decided at the beginning of this, like, hey, let's just do like a little voiceover with the backstory. And I'm like, that's awesome, because we could have discovered it naturally. Oh, there's a ghost bus. And then like, you know, BB tells the story that he heard from his uncle or whatever about, you know, Mr. Six and whatever. We could have done it in expository dialogue. And I'm a huge fan. You know, I'm a huge fan of expository dialogue. I love mm-hmm. when we can tell a story where every line of dialogue is servicing the story. I'm personally not great at just conversational Tarantino style dialogue where you're just having fun. You're good Mm. at that. 
And well, thank you. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why when we do work on actual written scripts, we tend to work well together because I like to have characters say shit out loud that gets us to the next thing, you, mm-hmm. you know, and you love to have characters talk about things that reveal their personality. And I yep. think you need both of those. No, totally agree. <laughs> that's And that is one of my favorite things to do. I, I love writing those weird ass conversations. The one I always think of is, is the, um, God, I can't remember the title of it. I'm sure you'll remember the, the one, the one that I had about Wendigos that took place in the nineties. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh shit. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember the title, honestly. Yeah. But yeah I do that, remember that story though. There's that whole uh, opening sequence, like where the first couple pages of the comic was the guys arguing in the car about who's better Nirvana or Pearl Jam. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> There's like this literally like a two page sequence where we're just kind of learning the personalities of the the several people in the in the vehicle. Um, but I, yeah, I love writing that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, I love writing dialogue where it's like, how do I make this conversation seem natural yet? I want to have as much information communicated to the audience as possible, you know, yeah. while still making it seem like these are just people chatting you know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. so that that's always my challenge to myself is like, you know, make it really tight. Uh, a movie like Shaun of the Dead to me is the perfect example of what I think of as a perfect movie where every scene is either referenced before or after it itself. And every line of dialogue is both interesting to the character's personality and tells us something about what we can expect to happen in the story. Like, yep study the script to Shaun of the dead it is a master class like that movie is incredibly impressive to me and just how tight it really is oh but anyway yeah. we got on this little <laughs> fucking side trail we haven't done a side trail in a while so here we That's go there's true. our side trail for today <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks everyone for listening to this episode let us know what you think because we're really really curious to see if you guys enjoyed the vanga bus of death as much as we did and <laughs> As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is going to be the first part of a two-parter, the late night double feature picture show. And part two will be my idea where I want to tell a story that is based on a meme. That was my starting point. So we'll get we'll get there. You have to tune in next time to see where we're going with it. So everyone check us out next time. If things go according to plan it'll be the very next episode and we have some other cool specials coming up later on it's almost back to school hell it's almost spoopy season like i can't Mm -hmm. believe it's so close to halloween and i'm sure we'll have multiple episodes based around halloween coming up here soon you know we always talk about how we don't intend to always tell horror stories but we kind of do anyway because Mm -hmm. they're so much fun (laughs) exactly where else can you have someone get exploded by a roller coaster you know? Exactly. Or like, you know, <laughs> shove, shove through a chain link fence like a potato masher. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, God. No I'm final pic- girls in this one. I'm picturing like the Play-Doh uh, barber shop where it was just like squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, so if you want to let us know what you think about this, visit us on the socials at Raised by Rentals. Find us online, raisedbyrentals.com. All the links are in there. 
Uh, we do belong to a super team of podcasters, artists, musicians, etc., an art collective of creative friends supporting each other and helping to spread the gospel of rad stuff. That's called Red Pantheon. Check it out, radpantheon.com, at Red Pantheon on the social medias. On Instagram, you can find me at Comics Boost, just spell comics with an X, where I feature crowdfunding campaigns for new comic book projects. There are a lot of kick-ass projects coming out this summer, and I'm ramping that one back up to make sure I don't miss any of them. What about you, Mike? What do you got going on? Well, there's uh, The Boogeyman's Closet, where we are starting our month of unnecessary sequels. It's it's going to be a doozy of a month, because uh, the very first episode we already pre-recorded, and it's The Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. Uh, if you're not familiar <laughs> with The Howling franchise, whoo boy, <laughs> it's a doozy. And then, of course, Count Creepy had Saturday Morning Monster Mash, where three grown man children talk about toys and bitch about pop culture. Thanks again for tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. If you had fun with us, let us know. Leave a comment. Leave a podcast rating. Tell us what you think we should improv, improve next time. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Day of fun at Darien Lake took a tragic turn. <laughs> <laughs>